Congress finally admitted that aliens are real and nobody cares. Is this reaction a sign of how crazy our modern day times are? From politicians trying to cover for a girl who, bur who burned her aborted child's corpse and tried to hide the body, to more employees getting fired for trying to stop retail theft, has society gotten so out of control that aliens are the least of our concerns? More importantly, how does it feel to live in the degenerating corpse of a once great empire? I think this World War II vet gives us the best insight into what America was supposed to be. I am so upset that the things we did, the things we fought for, and the boys that died for, it's all gone down the drain. Our country's gone to hell in a handbasket. We haven't got the country we had when I was raised. Not at all. Nobody will have the fun I had. Nobody will have the opportunity I had. It's just not the same. That's not what I was. That's not what they died for. Welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez, starting off the show today on a bit of a somber note. Now, I've played this video before of this World War II veteran in absolute tears at the state of the United States. But this video specifically, people paired up with those viral TikToks that we were seeing last week of people making thousands of dollars per hour being an NPC. So that was that video. But again, that veteran just overall devastated about the state of our country, which you're going to be talking about today. Now, I know a lot of you watch my videos and think that they're a huge black pill because we focus in on a lot of the tough issues facing the United States today. Again, the degeneration of our entire nation, uh, the cultural decay. But before we go into this episode, because we are going to be covering a lot more of that, I don't want you guys to view this as just an hour of me showing you the worst of the worst in our country. I want you to view this as an hour of us understanding where we're at, not only culturally, but economically, uh, spiritually in the United States of America, so we know how to properly combat where we're at as a society. Now, We've discussed this multiple times on this show, how an empire usually declines at 250 years. I believe we are at 200 and 240 something right now. Like we're very, very close to that number. Okay. I can't give you the exact number. I want to say the United States is 247 years old. Somebody fact check me on that. But the point is, is we are nearing our point of collapse. And I want us to understand what is going on in the modern times. And I want us to have this archive of what life was like in 2023. So in a decade from now, if it gets better or worse, we can look back on this and say, oh, great, we saved America, or it's getting substantially worse. And this is how we need to work on it. So welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before we jump into the meat and potatoes of the insanity, because yes, Congress said that aliens were real and everyone was like, yeah, we don't care. Um, did you see Mitch McConnell absolutely freeze up today? Do you see the fact that politicians are basically uh, keeling over right before our very eyes and we all just have to pretend that it's normal? We don't give a damn about aliens. 
the United States is deteriorating from the inside out. But before we get into all of that, please remember that this show is funded by you guys. So thank you guys so much. Uh, you know, just your support, you guys going to the, subscri the subscribe star, um, the podcast, leaving a review, it all helps. The subscribe star is down below all of the proceeds from that go towards making this show better. So big shout out to every single person that is subscribed on that platform. It's a really fun place where I will give you guys like uh, behind the scenes looks into what I'm planning next. I've been talking with that community about merchandise, which is something that a lot of you guys have been asking for and I am going to be uh, pushing out soon. So check out the subscribe star for that. Also on the rapid fire Apple podcasts, we are at 580 reviews. I would absolutely adore it if we could get to 600. So if you have not left a review yet, I would really appreciate it if you go leave a five-star review. If you like the show, let me know what you think about it. I read every single one and appreciate all of your time and effort and support. So those are some of the easiest ways to support the show. Speaking of the show, let's jump straight into it and all of the insanity facing the United States. Now, my last episode was very much about the decay of our own standards, of our own expectations, and this is essentially going to be an extension of that because that's really how we've gotten to this place in society where we all think it's okay for employees to be fired when they stop retail thieves where we think it's okay for people to openly shoot up drugs in the streets. Well, I don't even know if society as a whole necessarily thinks it's okay, but there has to be some, I guess, semblance of us allowing it, seeing as to the fact that our leaders have put us in a position to live in a society that has decayed this much. So, you know, I've said it before that I think that the United States, it's a first world country that is slowly becoming more and more third world because we've imported the third world. We don't enact any laws. There is no order. It's an absolute mess. So let's understand where the United States is at. Now, at the open of this show, I kind of butchered it there a little bit, but and this story was shocking to me, which is probably why I did, but there is a story that came out about a Nebraska teenager and the New York Times, this is how they put the headline out, used pills to end pregnancy, she gets 90 days in jail. Now, since the overturn of Roe v. Wade last year, anytime the left wing can try to make a woman who got an abortion look like the victim, they do. And that's what this headline is, right? So this teen, they have her sorrowful picture of her being escorted away. It's 90 days in jail just because she wanted to have the choice about what to do with her own body. Her name was Celeste Burgess. She was 19 years old. And her mother, Jessica Burgess, 42, were charged last year after the police obtained their private Facebook messages. So there's a paywall for this article, but it's very short, which is not typical for the New York Times. They usually write pretty long op-ed pieces, but this piece was fairly short and I was able to read it earlier. And it was a couple paragraphs that basically read, yeah, this poor 19-year-old, she just wanted to use pills to end her pregnancy. Well, that pregnancy was actually third trimester and she burned the corpse of her aborted child and then tried to hide the evidence alongside her mother. And then you had people like um, <clears throat> this podcast host. His podcast is titled No Lie with Brian Tyler Cohen. 
funny title because he's openly lying right here on Twitter. He says a Nebraska teenager has been sentenced to jail and charged as a felon after ending her pregnancy with abortion pills. She faces up to five years in prison. And then Twitter community notes comes in and says, yeah, the teen was not sentenced for having a chemically induced abortion during her third trimester, but for burning, burning, burying and concealing a dead body. Now, it gets worse because not only do you have no lie with uh, Brian Cohen lying to our faces here, we also have Ted Lieu sitting congressman come in and say, the Twitter community note at the bottom of this tweet is just stupid. Putting women in jail for concealing an abortion as compared to having an abortion is not the winning message that Republicans think it is. So here is a sitting congressman trying to justify this situation. This woman murdered her child tried to burn the body and conceal the evidence, an innocent child, and we have a sitting member of Congress rewarding this degeneracy by promoting it and promoting the lies. But luckily, we somewhat have free speech on Twitter, and you have those community notes coming in and telling the truth behind the story. Now, Harry Sisson, who rose to fame by being one of the... Uh, cringiest paid Biden influencers. Okay. He's a Gen Z TikToker. He makes these TikToks pretending to like Joe Biden. We all know that you probably would have to be paid a substantial amount to try to pretend to like Joe Biden, just a smidgen of the amount that he pretends to. But this guy, Harry Sisson says, wow, a teenager in Nebraska was just sentenced to 90 days in jail for using the abortion pill. This is the America Republicans want. Republicans will not let women control their own bodies. According to them, teenagers are old enough to be mothers. It's horrifying. Okay, Harry, if the woman was old enough to have sex, she's old enough to uh, be a mother. If she's old enough to uh, consent to that, then she's old enough to quote unquote consent to being a mother. And again, uh, it just frustrates me so much because this is like the logical loophole that these liberals try to jump through. And the community notes came in and was like, the teen was not sentenced for having a chemically induced abortion, but for burning, burying and concealing a dead body. And back to the point about consent that I just made here, uh, you know, the left will always use these arguments as well. Of, oh, we need abortion so much because of all of the amounts of rapes that are going on. But why is it that more often than not, you have these girls who willingly were having sex, got pregnant and are now using abortion or were previously using abortion as a form of birth control? It's absolutely disgusting. And then you have top influencers. You have sitting congressmen that come forward and reward the degeneracy by promoting it and cropping it up with lies. It's absolutely disgusting to me. We're defending murderers at this point, which I guess the left wing has always done. They're the party of murderers and pedophiles, but I guess if that's the hill they want to die on, I, I guess it wouldn't be my cup of tea, but y'all do you, I suppose. Um, that's the most interesting part about the left wing to me is that they always tell on themselves, right? And they always end up telling the truth about how they feel about certain issues, like the ones that we just mentioned, you know, whether life is sacred, pedophilia, their whole love is love thing, whether kids should be exposed to all of these sexualities, which again, the average parent with their own child understands that the government does not own their child, they do, and they should be allowed to know what their child is being taught. So, uh, you know, again, the current state of America, an absolute mess. But I realized we've gotten to this point because we continue to reward this type of degeneracy. And again, the OnlyFans culture, the body positivity culture has been a result of this. So 
it, it started off with like these smaller issues, like, okay, women just want to control their bodies. And now we've elevated it to a point where this girl burns the body of the child she aborted and tries to hide the evidence. And congressmen are like, oh, this poor victim going into the OnlyFans aspect of society and how much we are also rewarding women for completely whoring themselves out on the internet, which, you know, it just, it really breaks my heart that we have sold women this lie of like, oh, go ahead and just expose yourself, sell your body for the price of a cheeseburger um, to all of these men on the internet, and you can have all of the money in the world. And that's a great thing. Just another example of how much our culture our culture has decayed and us rewarding degeneracy. Now, what, there was this viral clip of this woman who tossed her 36G bra at Drake, okay? So he, Drake's concert, women throw bras at him. Y'all do you, I guess, whatever. She has this huge bra, Drake picks it up, viral moment, Woman is now in talks with Playboy. And this is the saddest part about this too. So she's 21 years old. She became an overnight sensation. Um, Playboy is, or I guess she captures Playboy's attention because she's very voluptuous, obviously. And then she's quoted saying, I know I can crush it and make a meaningful income. Um, Korea excitedly told the post on Tuesday, other bunnies are making millions of dollars a year on Playboy, so I couldn't be more excited to tap into that potential. I'll be posting exclusive content for my fans and subscribers that makes me feel confident and beautiful. So another example of us rewarding degeneracy in our culture, women who have zero morals, zero values, are right now in the interim making all of this money and they're being sold this lie that this is this incredible thing. But we ultimately know what happens down the line. They end up turning into a Chelsea Handler where they're like drinking wine at 9 a.m. and they're making TikToks about how happy they are, that they have no children and that they're alone and that they're definitely not sad alcoholics. And it's just sad to me, like I said, because the instant gratification society that we live in and the cultural decay has led us to this period where women are praised for getting abortions, women are praised for exposing their bodies online, where we are affirming the most subpar and mediocre in our society. And it's funny because did you guys know that there is a writer's strike in Hollywood right now? I know I'm kind of jumping all over the place here, but I promise again, this all kind of uh, connects to that decay, which culturally extends into other aspects of the United States and other aspects of our own lives. But there's a, a writer strike going on in Hollywood right now. And it's just so laughable to me because I was genuinely thinking about it. And I was like, when was the last time that Hollywood actually wrote a good movie that was entertaining? There was a lot of commentary about the Barbie movie, and I, I haven't seen it myself. I'm not even going to give, you know, my own commentary on whether or not I thought it was a feminist piece or not. My only takeaway from this is that my favorite part about it was the nostalgia, right? The build up to the Barbie movie. I thought that it was incredible to see women dressing up in pink, uh, getting beautiful, wearing dresses to go see this movie. And I think that this was inadvertently a cry from you know, the culture and the masses saying, hey, we just want an entertaining movie that can resonate with anybody worldwide. And I thought the buildup to this movie was awesome because it kind of allowed women to be feminine. That's been something that has been so attacked. 
And the new Snow White remake is coming out and it just looks absolutely horrendous. And again, we are seeing the interjection of feminism, of women have to be powerful, women have to be the leaders. And I think like the great thing about the Barbie movie was it was like feminine and it was supposed to be about, again, this character that women could resonate with worldwide. But unfortunately, I've heard from some people it was this big feminist movie. I've heard from other people it was great. I haven't watched it myself. But I think it, it was really sad that it became a political thing that narratives were interjected or injected into a movie that was supposed to be entertaining. We can't have anything entertaining anymore. We can't have anything beautiful anymore. Uh, like I said, everything has to sway us a certain way. And the older I get and the more observant I get of the world around me, the more I realize like everything really is psychological warfare. You can't even go to the movies. You can't even enjoy entertainment anymore without being subjected in some way, shape or form to some political pathway. Now, the Snow White movie, another example of this. And it's funny because, like I said, the title of this show is Why Do We Reward Degeneracy, right? And these big Hollywood blockbusters like The Little Mermaid that flopped, like the Barbie movie that actually, you know, broke box office records, had a great opening weekend, but a lot of people are condemning and saying, you know what, actually, I was excited for this. It's super feminist now. And this new Snow White rendition, which is going to flop, they're degenerate pieces, right? Like I said, Hollywood was meant to entertain. Hollywood was meant to take us away from the everyday intricacies of life and just allow us to unwind and enjoy an action movie or enjoy a romance and enjoy our characters. But now everything is a political fight and psychological warfare that you're having to kind of see through and push past. Snow White movie, again, sorry, I'm going off on this weird tangent here. But like I said, it's like the slow chipping away of all of our wills, okay? So this is, I want to play a few, two clips from the new Snow White movie. One, and let me know if you guys think I'm being too harsh about this, but like I said last episode, right? I was kind of focused in on retail workers and I was like, nobody cares about their job anymore. Nobody gives a damn. Everything sucks. Everything's mid. Everything is subpar. We uplift the mediocre. We uplift the crappy. We tell people who don't deserve praise that they're amazing. We are allowing... Um, affirmative action selectees into the most prestigious universities. And then they are then infiltrating our court systems and our justice systems and our various organizations and corporations throughout America and just degrading everything overall. The Snow White movie, let's get into this clip here. One, I don't think the act actress is pretty enough to even play a lead role of Snow White. And then more importantly, let's listen to the messaging, which none of you are going to be surprised about this that is being interjected into Snow White. Now, keep in mind that this was a Disney classic, okay? Apparently, this was written back in the 1930s, a very different time than we're living through right now, a time in which you could have a beautiful character and you could appreciate that beauty. And again, too, look at actors and actresses from the 80s and from the 90s. They were pretty from the early 2000s. And now I feel like over time, because of the need for diversity, because of the need to challenge beauty standards. Everything's just uglier. Actresses and actors are not that cute. They're, 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 they're subpar actors. They're boring. Entertainment sucks. Anyways, here's some commentary from the new Snow White. I think it's going to be horrible and absolutely bomb, just like The Little Mermaid did. I'm trying to venture more into culture, guys, because like I said, politics can become so overwhelming 
to me and looking into the cultural aspect of things, that's why I get overwhelmed because I can't take a break from this. I don't know if any of you feel this way, but it's like, okay, I look at politics. I watch the news. I want to be able to check out of that, but I can't even go to the gym without being absolutely bombarded with LGBTQ nonsense. I can't even turn on a movie without hearing stuff like this. The cartoon was made 85 years ago. And therefore, it's extremely dated when it comes to the ideas of women being in roles of power and uh, and what a woman is fit for in the world. And so when we came to reimagining the actual role of Snow White, it became about the fairest of them all, meaning who is the most just and who uh, can become a fantastic leader. And Okay, so there you guys go. Who's the most just? Who can be the most fantastic leader? This was written 85 years ago. Okay, so why can't you write your own stories? Here's another clip um, from the same actress and also Gal Gadot, which funny enough, if you're a podcast listener, again, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just being honest. This actress isn't particularly beautiful. She's not an ugly girl, but she's standing next to Gal Gadot, who's supposed to be playing the evil stepmother who is jealous of Snow White's beauty. Uh, just look at this picture and tell me if this looks accurate or honest to you. It's no longer 1937. And we absolutely wrote a Snow White. That she's is not going to be yeah. saved by the prince. She's not going to be saved by the prince. And she's not going to be dreaming about true love. She's dreaming about becoming the leader she knows she can be. Not dreaming about true love. She's dreaming about paying her own bills and being an independent woman that has to freeze her eggs by 30 and is alone and sad and an alcoholic by the time that she's 50 because she never wanted to settle down. And also because she never wanted to settle down, you know, that was like the feminine part of all the problems in the world. And there's also problems with the men and nobody wants to actually get married and start families now and everything has degraded. <laughs> Let's not focus on love. Let's focus on our independence. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. So, like I said, I know we jumped around there from abortion to entertainment to, um, again, the overall degradation of society, you know, to OnlyFans as well. But it, it's like, like I said, the reason why we all feel so burned out and exhausted with politics is because we can never take a break from it is because you walk down the street and you see a woman like this or you open up Instagram, which previously was a platform in which you could see beautiful things. And I don't necessarily think that social media is the healthiest, right, for other people. I don't like influencer culture because I think that it is people online projecting this fake image to you to you to make you think that their lives are better than they are. I think it can be very toxic. That being said, uh, the fact that this is your average everyday model now, this is the type of person that's infiltrating swimsuit competitions and uh, the runway and fashion shows. If you're a podcast listener, um, what I am playing on screen is just your average body positivity woman this is a TikTok and the caption says embracing myself. And this is just an unhealthy woman. And we're just going to be completely honest here. If I look like this, I would want somebody to come forward who loves me and say, hey, you don't look healthy. And yes, body positivity at one point in society for a very small sliver of time was actually a good thing, right? That was when it was like, okay, all these girls are trying to be anorexic because they see these uh, runway models and they want to be super skinny. That was very much a trend. And then it turned into like, hey, girls that look like Sav who just are, are healthy, are regular body weight. It's okay to have 
your body to look like that too. You don't have to have a 0% body fat. You don't have to look anorexic. So there was like a very small sliver of time where the body positivity movement was truly about embrace your body. But then it morphed into this, oh, if you're obese, it's beautiful. If you're big, that's beautiful. Don't expect an obese person to ever change. How can they? Because gyms are fat phobic. It turned into obese people being offended when their doctors wanted to weigh them at the doctor's office because they said that that was fat phobic and unnecessary for their health exams. And if you guys think that I'm crazy and you haven't heard that story, go, go look up anything that I just said and be like, what, how, how did we get here? Because we continue to reward degeneracy. We see an obese person walking down the street. We see them post a video like this one and we say, yes, queen, your body is beautiful. This is amazing. When in reality, we should be telling this woman, hey, girl, you are on a fast track to a basically a lower life expectancy. You're not going to be able to live as long. Again, I'm not trying to be being with these things. I'm trying to be realistic. And do you think that this girl wakes up every day feeling her healthiest? And when I look at these types of videos, when I look at these types of people, it's not just obese people, but it's also the OnlyFans models. It's the people who are sitting there on TikTok pretending to be NPCs and selling their souls for instant gratification content. It's the people who, again, are in Hollywood trying to push these woke narratives. I, I see these people and I'm like, do you really think that this lifestyle is the highest potential you as a person can reach? Now, I've always said as well, because I know a lot of you guys think that I'm a black pill, but the way that we fix society, because let me not just bombard you with all the issues, let me offer and propose a solution. The way that we fix society is via the individual. We have to start getting individuals to care about themselves. We have to start getting individuals to take responsibility. We really individually are going to change the nation, but until we change the individual, we can't expect to change the masses. We can't expect change on a mass scale. So I always personally try to work on myself, go to the gym, eat healthy, be as knowledgeable and as up-to-date as I can. That's what I try to do with you guys here. I'm like, hey, let me just expose to you guys what's going on. Let me give you my own analysis because to be quite honest, in this world where we're constantly bombarded with insanity, it can be really difficult to have to filter through all of it. And I can understand being a young 20-year-old. I can understand being a 16-year-old who just wants to fit in and who is consistently bombarded with a narrative and says, okay, over time, right? Maybe this is how I'm supposed to think. And it's crazy to me too, because I'll talk to adult liberals who will just blurt out the craziest political statements. Like, yeah, my body, my choice, right? And it's just so crazy to me how and I don't know if it's because I'm a brown woman and so people think they're automatically safe to say the craziest liberal things to me. And I'm not even talking about when I'm doing my street videos. I'm just talking in my regular day-to-day -day life when I'm at the hair salon, when I'm at the store making small talk with people and people just automatically start talking about these like very extreme political stances with me. It's interesting because I think that right-wingers are very apprehensive to talk about their politics because they know that society will condemn them if they say that um, actually a child in the womb is its own autonomous body and you can't take away that life. That's not your right to do. 
they know that they're going to be condemned and called a Nazi bigot and somehow end up hating black people for having that take. Whereas a liberal can say, yeah, kill fetuses in the womb. That's not a real baby. And they expect society to applaud them. Why? Because we reward degeneracy. We have the biggest voices in society. We have entertainment saying that abortion is an incredible thing and that women who take control of their bodies are powerful and incredible. And if you're obese, that's beautiful. And you're just brave and you're confident for showing off and flaunting your body in that way, instead of promoting, again, a society that uplifts and values the citizen that values themselves, we promote the degeneracy and we're consistently bombarded with it. So if the analysis that I give you does seem repetitive, it's because I do think that we are constantly bombarded with this. So I'm going to constantly bombard you with just the common sense takes of like, yeah, this kind of sucks. And if it's a black pill, I'm sorry. But do we often hear people saying this in society? I don't know. Maybe we do. Maybe I'm just negative here and there are more sane people. Um, but when I go out in the world, I'm just like, I look around, I see homeless everywhere. I see trash on the ground. I see obesity. I see OnlyFans models. As soon as I freaking log into Instagram, they're still pouring rampant on Twitter. I see people promoting pedophilia. I see LGBTQ kids marching with their parents and their parents using them as a prop, basically to promote this ideology. And I'm like, does anyone else think this is crazy? Am I alone in this? this is just, it's kind of wild living in Sodom and Gomorrah. Send the asteroid. No, just, okay, just me. So let me just run through a couple more headlines here and we'll get more into the degradation of America. Uh, a Kentucky queen of chaos goes viral for celebrating her mugshot portfolio on Instagram. Now, this girl is obviously very attractive, but apparently she went viral uh, because of the amount of mugshots that she has and the amount of times that she's been in prison. And again, I think that this is just another example of our society, that this is the type of content that goes viral. Like, oh, you're an attractive woman and you have 10 mugshots. Haha, <laughs> that's so awesome. Let's promote this in society. Whereas maybe a couple of decades ago would be like, you were a woman and you went to jail once, excommunicated, off limits. What are you doing? That is not acceptable. We had standards, right? We had expectations for the way women and men should act. And now this is what goes viral. It's like, oh, the crazier you are, the more degenerate you are, the more you're going to be rewarded with virality. Now, I was reading this story as well from the New York Post, kind of just plays on what I was talking about last week. Employers reveal why Gen Z is the hardest generation to work with. This came out in April of 2023, um, but 1,300 managers were surveyed and three out of four of them agreed that Gen Z is harder to work with than other generations. So much so that 65% of employers said they had to fire them more often. One in eight have to let go of a Gen Z or less than one week after their start date. So there's Gen Zers for you. And then this article goes on to talk about managers who say, I don't want to offend or trigger someone. I don't want to get canceled. If I hire the wrong person and I use the wrong terminology, um, there was an employer in Dallas who said that the biggest difference that she noticed was a difference in professionalism. She shared that the pandemic, she felt, had a big role to play in that and that Gen Z just has stunted office etiquette, stunted communication. And whether this is in the office or, again, even in a fast food restaurant job, 
maybe this is a parental issue as well of nobody instilling pride in their work. And like I said, this is an extension as well of the fact that nobody has pride in their country. Because if you don't have pride in your country, you're not going to have pride in your work, right? Because if you don't have pride in your country, in yourself, you're not going to have pride in anything else that you do. And you're not going to think that anything else that you do matters because you're an oppressed victim, because America sucks, because everything's horrible. And you're going to also end up contributing to the problem via that victimization mindset, which is why that is so consistently pushed on all of us as well. It's very sad. Um, but this is where we're at, guys. This is where we're at. And like I said, it's not even just the overall experience of American life that has degraded, but it's also our safety that's just non-existent anymore. A couple of headlines for you guys on some of the recent crimes just sweeping the United States. From the New York Post, Rose Worker gets axed after getting a black eye trying to stop thieves. A Georgia Lowe's employee attempting to stop shoplifters making off with over $1,200 of merchandise leaving her unemployed and with a black eye. So this was a 68-year-old woman who saw three people loading up a shopping cart and then they tried to leave without paying. And so the employee grabbed the cart and was like, uh, hey, you can't do that. And then this old woman was punched in the face three times. And then she was fired. If getting punched in the face by three youths is not bad enough, she was then fired from her job of 13 years for violating company policy by interfering with the crooks. And let's not forget as well that Lululemon did something similar just a couple months ago. Um, these thieves came in and tried to take hundreds of dollars worth of merchandise. And then employees of Lululemon tried to step in and say, hey, that's not right. You shouldn't be doing that. And instead of rewarding the courage of somebody willing to stand up to a thief, what happened? These employees, just like the Lowe's employee I just mentioned, got fired. And then the CEO of Lululemon came forward and said, we stand by our decision. He tried to sugarcoat it and say, oh, well, it's for the safety of our employees. So instead of, again, thanking my employees for trying to, uh, you know, protect our store, we're going to punish them for trying to do what's right. So that's where we're at in society. Again, another example of how we reward degeneracy. Here are... female shoplifters for making a very slow getaway pushing shopping carts filled with stolen goods and if you're a podcast listener these are very morbidly obese women and again the reason why i'm highlighting the body weight of these women is not to be mean but to highlight how shoplifting and crime has gotten so out of control in this country that these women were moving at two feet per hour. They were moving so slowly so anybody could have stopped them. But because we reward shoplifters in this country by allowing them to get away, because we reward the degeneracy by firing the employees that stop them, anybody can shoplift now. You don't even have to be a, a fit thief, right, to grab and, and sprint off from the cops. No, you can be morbidly obese and walk out of the store 
floor at your own leisurely pace because you know nobody is going to stop you. So that was in Sacramento, California. Let's take a peek at another part of California. That's right. We're going to San Francisco, the safest city in the world. Just kidding. I got jokes today, my friends. Now, a CNN crew went and visited the most shoplifted Walgreens in the United States of America. And yes, that Walgreens was, of course, in San Francisco. They're having to lock up low-value items like ice creams and coffees because that's how out of control things have gotten. A small excerpt from that newscast. Chains, heavy chains that went from padlock to padlock on both sides of the doors. And this was bizarre, something I've never seen before. This is just more icing on the cake telling us that rampant crime is is has become a, a regular part of life. So typical that in the 30 minutes we were at this Walgreens, we watched three people, including this man, steal. Did that guy pay? Did that guy pay? He didn't pay. Walgreens says this Richmond neighborhood store with aisles of products like mustard locked behind plexiglass has the highest theft rate of all their nearly 9,000 U.S. stores, hit more than a dozen times a day. When thieves turned to cleaning out ice cream and frozen burritos, workers grew so frustrated they resorted to the chains. So there you guys go. I'm just playing more B-roll over my commentary here but you go to san francisco and you have to ask an employee for help if you want to buy a frozen pizza so we were once a first world country but we are pretty much degrading into it there i mean there are parts of america that are basically third world this looks like an absolute mess uh, taking a peek at another part of San Francisco, this UPS driver shared a video with a San Francisco reporter. And, you know, he said it's a common sight along this route. And it's what appears to be stolen luggage and belongings tossed near uh, basically the Fisherman's Wharf area of San Francisco. So that's their dumping ground. The thieves go, they steal people's luggage. I was reading another tweet about these I believe they were French tourists in San Francisco who were just appalled because their rental car had gotten broken into and they were like, why aren't the police doing anything? And a San Francisco resident was like, yeah, that's just San Francisco for you. Here's a business owner from San Francisco, a little excerpt of what it's like to run a business or even just walk on the streets of San Francisco. I just got punched in the fucking face right now by some guy that was pissing on the street. I'm really fucking pissed off right now. I don't I can't believe I live in a city where people can just piss in the street and come punch you in the fucking face and get away with it. Guy just ran off. They're probably not going to find him. I'm fucking fed up with this goddamn city. It's like I can't just be outside and just running a fucking business without getting punched in the goddamn face. So apologies on the profanity there. I didn't have time to censor that video. And also, there's your honest reaction of what it's like to be a resident in San Francisco. Let's also not forget as world that this um, small piece of third world America also had a poop map for a small period of time. And this was San Francisco creating the app asking for the public's help locating the quote unquote rare instances of human feces found in public spaces. And again, that project was canceled 11 days after that was created 
because there were so many instances of human feces on the streets. And I have gone to these cities myself. It's absolutely disgusting. I walked down the street and I just want to gag. I was in downtown LA last month doing the reporting on the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence at Dodger Stadium. I've never really walked around downtown LA, but it smelled horrible. It smelled like urine. There was human feces everywhere. I would go walk down the street to get breakfast. And by the time I walked back to my hotel, my appetite was gone because it was so disgusting. The streets were so smelly and horrific. Let's take another peek at California. Naked intruder won't stop terrorizing LA apartment building. Residents say a disturbing video captured a knife wielding man naked man roaming throughout a Los Angeles apartment complex, terrifying residents who say he has repeatedly tried to break into their homes. There's a 27-year-old resident who lives in this apartment complex that says she basically can't sleep at night because she's so terrified that this naked guy wandering the halls with the knife is going to come into her home and that other residents feel the same way. But because it's California, you can do those things. You can be like this naked woman in San Francisco, who yesterday was just pointing her gun at people and shooting random cars on the highway while being naked as hell. All right, that's just your average day in California. And how did we get to this point? Um, via the media psyops like this one from the New York Times. Let's not forget this whopper of a headline. This one came out in 2019, but still as relevant as ever. Was I right to call the cops and a black man breaking into a car? The fact that our media even ran with a headline like this, the New York Times, for that matter, uh, a once established and um, a very high-valued news organization at one time or another, I would venture to say maybe decades ago, posted this headline is just another example of just the psychological warfare we're all being hit with every single day where it's like, am I a bad person for calling the cops on a criminal? Am I a bad person for asking my waitress to do their job? Am I the problem when I see an old lady getting punched in the face by youths on the street and I feel the need to intervene? Is that racist? So that's your average day in California. You just have naked people on crack shooting things up. It's absolute insanity. And you know what? San Francisco got rightly roasted because uh, Twitter, by the way, made their transition to their new brand of X. Not my favorite thing in the world, but whatever. So Twitter's headquarters are in San Francisco. And Twitter had this crew taking down the old Twitter sign outside of their headquarters. Now, police in San Francisco, who are very uh, few and far between, checked to see if the crew had a permit and didn't allow the crew to finish taking down the Twitter sign. So now it just says ER because they did not have their permit. So in San Francisco, you can be an illegal immigrant who has crossed the border and now is selling fentanyl to the drug addicts on the streets there. You get away scot-free because it's a sanctuary city. You can use fentanyl in front of children. You can distribute fentanyl on the street. Cops will leave you alone. You can defecate in the street. Cops will leave you alone. You can have a complete psychotic mental breakdown and strip yourself naked and start shooting at cars. Police will leave you alone. But if you are a billionaire CEO of Twitter 
and you try to change your company's sign without a permit, then SFPD is on the case, my friends. All right. They had to be out front for that one because mm -mm, no, 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 no. Oh, you are a business in San Francisco trying to do things with your own business. Absolutely not. We cannot have that happening here. No. That's what SFPD was spending their time and energy on yesterday. Now, another example, too, of just how much of a joke our own media is and how complicit they really are in the brainwashing of the average American and the degradation of our own expectations for society. Uh, Nayib Bukele, who is the president of El Salvador, who has done an incredible job of dropping homicide rates by incarcerating MS-13 members, has been viciously attacked by our media. Because they keep saying that he is this authoritarian dictator because he put criminals in jail. I believe there was a 96% drop in homicides over the year he took office as president. I believe that statistic is correct. It was a very high number of homicides that dropped because he instilled these policies, because El Salvador was out of control. It was previously very dangerous. MS-13 was a very dangerous gang that would go shoot people in the streets and behead people. People were living in fear of this cartel. And then Bukele came in and was like, nah, y'all going to jail. And what does Western media do? From Bloomberg, El Salvador's iron fist on crime will crush Latin American democracy. Instead of resorting to mass incarceration, Policymakers need to fight crime in ways that uphold justice, transparency, and accountability. That's just so disgusting when you try to take violent criminals and put them in jail. We would never do that in the United States of America. If you want to punch old grandmas in the street, that is your democratic right to do so. If you want to rob people and you want to shoplift and do drugs on the street, that is your democratic right to do so. And if anybody tells you that you can't do that, they are horrible, dictatorial, authoritarian. But also, if you don't listen to us and get vaccinated against your will, we will fire you and kick you out of your bank and destroy your life and take away your children. Okay? Thank you. That's your average everyday uh, reporter in the United States of America. So absolutely hilarious to me that they're coming after uh, Bukele like that. And also, too, like I said, all those videos that we just saw, I guarantee you that the majority of those people that are roaming naked in the streets and terrorizing people are on drugs because... Drugs are just legal in San Francisco. On the West Coast, they have a horrific drug problem because they have legalized a lot of these hard drugs. If you go to Portland, Oregon, they had Measure 110 that was passed in Oregon. Uh, I believe it was back in 2020. Yes, I did an entire mini documentary on this. And it's horrific over there because you can go do heroin on the street in front of a cop. And then you can also watch people OD on the street at 3 p.m. because heroin is legal to do in front of a cop. Now, it's funny because speaking of nostalgia and, and an America that once was, when I was a kid, I remember these anti-drug commercials that used to play. And they were basically created to instill in younger kids and the younger generation that drugs are bad. So now you have politicians and you have entire cities that, that are like, yeah, come do drugs on the streets, man. If you want to live off the government, that's totally cool, bro. If you want to like do meth and heroin, like we'll totally support you, bro, and give you free needles. And like you don't have to work and we'll take care of you and you can live in a tent. Uh, I remember when we were a society that tried to stop kids from doing drugs with ads like this one. I stole from my little sister. I got straight D's. 
I left my ex-girlfriend 27 messages last night. I made my mother cry. I let people draw on me. I drove all the way home without my lights on. So the commercial ends and it's like, what is weed done for you? So I remember these commercials when I was younger. There was one specifically where it showed these kids and they were just like this huge puddle and they couldn't get up and they couldn't move because they were on drugs. And so, you know, there were programs, there were commercials, there were campaigns to get kids to not do drugs, to talk about the repercussions of drinking alcohol and, you know, all of these vices and how they were bad. And now we live in a society where it's like kids on TikTok doing the dumbest things ever and laughing about getting drunk and just delving into degeneracy. It's absolutely heartbreaking, like I said, to see how much we really have degraded in the modern day. Now we are selling these young kids this fantasy that partying and like euphoria, right? That the HBO show is absolutely horrific because it's this entire TV show that has a very young audience and the entire basis of that show is that doing drugs and partying and alcohol I, I mean I wouldn't say the show is necessarily trying to say it's a good thing but it like very much glamorizes it and I could see young kids watching that show and wanting to mirror it so really horrific where our current society is at now another horrific thing is the blood clots that doctors continue to find and the various people worldwide that keep collapsing from said blood clots, specifically younger people. It's really interesting because honestly, let's think back two, three years ago. I mean, I don't really remember this many young people just falling over and collapsing. It's a very interesting trend that I do think has upticked quite a bit. We're not allowed to speculate as to why. Now, this is, these are just three stories that I saw from this week, okay? And again, we have been told that if you question these things, if you think that it's suspicious, if you're like, hey, this seems out of the norm, you're the bad person. And then the degeneracy that's rewarded is big pharma being given billions of dollars and profiting off of us not being able to talk about any of the weird coincidences happening in society. So this is from TMZ. Tori Kelly, she's a singer. She was rushed to the hospital after collapsing and the doctors found blood clots. Now she's currently hospitalized and getting treatment for blood clots around her vital organs. She was at dinner in downtown LA Sunday night uh, when her friend said her heart started beating really fast. She ended up passing out. Uh, they took her to the hospital and they found clots in her legs and her lungs. They're still working to determine if there are any clots around her heart. On top of that, uh, we also had ESPN analyst uh, Shaka Hislop, who's 54 years old, who collapsed on live television during a soccer game at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California. Going to play you a short clip of that really fast. This summer, he's been left behind. He's on the naughty step from PSG. He's not come on the tour of Japan. Obviously, Shaq! 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 
So very scary scene there and one that has become all too common. Apologies of an absolutely butchering this man's name, but I was doing a little bit of research into this man. And apparently, um, again, you know, he's 54 years old. So, okay, he's a little bit older. But apparently he was a former soccer player. And if you look at this guy, he looks like he's in fairly good health. He's not overweight. He doesn't look like he's 54 years old. Apparently is conscious now, is doing okay. But why are we continuing to see more and more people collapsing on live TV shows? Why have we seen an uptick in news anchors that this has been happening to? Now sports commentators, we've seen athletes just collapsing in the middle of a basketball game. Speaking of which, you had uh, Bronny James, LeBron James's son, suffering a cardiac arrest during his basketball practice. Now, I believe he's only 18 years old. He was being treated at the scene before being taken to a hospital. And he suffered from cardiac arrest. 18-year-old kid. And I was talking to my dad about this uh, because, you know, this kid's an incoming freshman, 6'3", going to be playing for USC. His father is LeBron James, for crying out loud. And my dad was like, yeah, LeBron spends $1.5 million on his body every single year. LeBron James, 38 years old, so he's getting up there in age for an NBA player. So that's why he's spending this much money on his body every year. So if he, if, if LeBron is spending over a million dollars on the offseason to make sure that his health and wellness are in tip-top shape, what do you think he's doing for his son? Do you think that his son is probably getting just maybe a little, at least like a quarter. Imagine if his son was just getting a quarter of the treatment that LeBron is getting. LeBron getting older, his son getting into basketball. LeBron, I'm sure, wanting his son to follow in his footsteps. So I'm sure he is in some way, shape, or form getting his son in on this $1.5 million being spent on health and wellness for his body every single year. Weird how this 18-year-old kid suffered from cardiac arrest. So those are three big stories that I saw this week where I was just like, all right, let's discuss this. And I've continued to see the stories of people collapsing over the past two years since the rollout of the vaccine. But we're all supposed to chop it up to coincidence. Now, Project Veritas, uh, Eric Spracklin of Project Veritas put out these Pfizer documents. And apparently Pfizer always knew that myocarditis and pericarditis after the mRNA COVID-19 vaccine was going to be an issue. And so they put out these documents saying, since April of 2021, increased cases of myocarditis and pericarditis have been reported in the United States after mRNA COVID-19 vaccination, Pfizer, Biotech, and Moderna, particularly in adolescents and young adults. The pattern of cases conform as per the label to a pattern of myocarditis cases occurring in majority of young males below 29 years of age within the first two weeks post-vaccination. Reported cases have occurred predominantly in male adolescents and young adults. So it talks about the observed risk being higher among males under 40 of age, 40 years of age than among females and older males. The observed risk is highest in males 12 through 17 years of age. So uh, Project Veritas releasing these documents basically saying Pfizer always knew that this was going to be a side effect. But of course, we were not supposed to be told that. Now, Tucker Carlson 
also making waves as well for sitting down with Ice Cube and asking Ice Cube about the COVID-19 vaccine, because let's not forget that he was set to star, Ice Cube was, not Tucker Carlson, in a movie. And I believe um, he lost out on $6 million because he refused to get the COVID-19 vaccination. It was either 6 or $9 million, but it was multiple millions of dollars. And Ice Cube was like, I'm not getting vaccinated. So he lost out on it. And so he sits down with Tucker and I really like what he had to say about this because Tucker jokingly is like, why didn't you get it? You were forced, you were told that you have to get it. Why didn't you get it? And of course, Ice Cube is like, yeah, I'm not really good at taking direct orders. He goes on to say, you know, it wasn't ready. It was made in six months, kind of a rush job. And then he says, there's no repercussions if they're wrong, but I get all the repercussions if they're wrong. So it wasn't a tough call for him to reject the COVID-19 vaccine. And I really... I liked that quote. I mean, we've heard that in many ways, shape, or form over forms over the past couple of years. But refreshing to continually hear that, right? The big pharma never suffers repercussion or backlash for botched vaccination side effects, for not rolling out a safe product to society that was forced onto us, that they were rewarded for that. And we were all told that if we didn't bend the knee, we were bad people. Another interesting thing in the news um, from the post-millennial Biden administration plans to launch a permanent pandemic preparedness office. President Joe Biden has created a permanent office, excuse me, for pandemic response called the Office of Pandemic Preparedness and Response Policy. The new office within the executive branch replaces the COVID-19 response team that Biden ushered in during his first days in the White House. Uh, now, the most important part about this new office, my friends, is that it is uh, set to oversee the efforts to develop, manufacture, and procure the next generation of medical countermeasures, including leveraging emerging technologies and working with HHS on the next generation of vaccines and treatments for COVID-19 and other public health threats. So I think we all see what this is setting the stage for. And I already keep seeing little stories being dropped here and there, especially before the 2024 election of new coronaviruses that are more deadly breaking out in this part of the world or that part of the world. We're not set for another pandemic for like a hundred years. Pandemics, if you look at them historically, don't happen every single year. And by the way, let's not forget that this was pan this pandemic, that coronavirus was released from the Wuhan lab, China. But they want you to forget all of that and forget that the government then came in, shut down our entire economy, shut down our jobs shut down our schools and try to force us to give up our rights and freedoms. It was not a fun time. I remember going to the airport and people flipping me off because I wouldn't wear a face mask. And I was just like, whatever. I remember a police officer coming up to me at the store and saying, you have to wear your mask. And I was like, no, I don't. And he was just like, okay. And he walked away. But I remember the intimidation tactics that were used. I remember getting smeared and slandered and told that I was going to kill people and that I was uncaring and that I was selfish. I'm sure all of you guys remember. And that isn't even the worst of what people experienced during COVID, okay? People's children were psychologically impacted by this. The learning rates of younger children were severely impacted. Depression rates skyrocketed. Drug use, alcohol use skyrocketed. Churches were shut down. Meanwhile, uh, we still had 
liquor stores that were open. Churches were targeted by the government and people were arrested for attending church services. So let's not forget that that happened, my friends. Now, something that did happen today were UFO hearings in Congress. Congress came forward and they were like, yeah, aliens are real. And everyone was like, yeah, guess what? We don't care. And I truly think that the underwhelming response to this is a direct result to how insane everything in our society has become. Everyone's just like, yeah, um, we don't care because we had freaking Mitch McConnell. Let me play you a little clip of him here today. Find that this is our Senate minority leader just completely shuts down. Man is 81 years old. So it's like, yeah. Nobody cares about the alien hearings when we have people like Mitch McConnell degrading before our very eyes, when we have World War III at our doorfront, we have people like John Fetterman in the, set, the Senate that had to be admitted to a mental hospital within mere weeks of being elected. Everything is so crazy and insane that aliens are the least of our problems. Now, another big story that happened today was Hunter Biden. Remember, he was set to take that plea deal. Well, apparently that is now falling apart because of the multiple other crimes that he was trying to circumvent via this plea deal. Uh, here's a little excerpt from Fox News kind of explaining what happened today. A little update on Hunter. I can confirm that this plea deal may be falling apart before our eyes. The judge Noriega basically began by uh, asking questions about the plea deal itself, about whether or not the pleading guilty to two tax demeanors could be tied to the diversion part, which is avoiding charges, which is a felony on the gun charge. And there was disagreement in that. But the major headline that's transpired in this courtroom that is likely going to be what we're talking about for the rest of the day is Judge Norieka asked if, asked the prosecution if there was an ongoing existing separate investigation into Hunter Biden right now. The prosecutor saying yes. And what was holding this deal up, and they're in recess now uh, because the defense asked for some time, so the judge granted what's up in the air is whether or not Judge Noriega will even accept this deal because this deal would possibly give Hunter some immunity to future charges, and she's not okay with that. Okay, so some positive news on the Biden forefront. Not everything in America is absolutely horrible. Um, so... Glad this judge caught on to that. Like, hey, uh, how about we don't give Hunter Biden a sweetheart deal that exempts him from all other crimes? Let's not do that. A lot of people mad as well today because Hunter Biden was escorted to court in a gigantic, what some people were saying was a taxpayer-funded motorcade. Um, yeah, this man had like freaking five Secret Service vehicles it looked like escorting him into court and people are like uh wow what an interesting escort for a private citizen so a, a little update on the hunter biden case what's been going on with that 
Um, I've been touching on that a little bit here and there. Hunter Biden and all of the Biden corruption, not my best expertise, but I'd like to sprinkle it in a little bit to show you guys what's going on. Uh, let's highlight what's been happening with the Obamas a little bit because apparently there was an emergency call in Martha's Vineyard from the Obama mansion and there was a body found and the body was of a paddleboarder who was actually uh, Obama's former chef. So a lot of people really picking apart this story, uh, delving into this former White House chef's Instagram because people were saying, or the media was initially saying like, oh, this guy wasn't a strong swimmer, so that's why he drowned. So people going onto his Instagram and posting videos of him swimming very strongly and being like, yeah, I don't know if that's necessarily true. One of the people who's been at the forefront of really trying to get to the bottom of the story is Dom Luker on Twitter. And he said, developing Obama's chef is now reported to have suffered blunt trauma prior to death. There are also reports stating that the Obama's called off the autopsy being performed by the local authorities and flew their own mortician from D.C. to perform the autopsy. So there was just a lot swirling around this. I haven't necessarily followed the story too much, but obviously a lot of people, as soon as they were like, paddleboarder, former chef of Obama, found dead on his property, like, that's really suspicious. So people started picking this apart. And, you know, I enjoy looking at all of the different speculations around these stories, and Dom was very much at the forefront of it. And what was interesting to me is that he got suspended very quickly off of Twitter. Now, this is Twitter 2.0, so this is supposed to be free speech Twitter, and he got suspended very quickly, and he was, like I said, really driving home this story. Some people jumping in to say, oh, well, he was spreading conspiracy theories, that's why he was kicked off. We still don't know why he was kicked off of Twitter, but it's just interesting to me that he went after the Obamas and then got censored. It's just very coincidental, my friends, very coincidental. DC Drano, one of the other people who was censored off of Twitter 1.0, like yours truly, says that today he hit 1 million followers and you think that he'd be thrilled, but he's actually upset. He goes on to talk about how he was banned for almost two years for questioning the outcome of the 2020 election. He was banned. He did some investigation along with Judicial Watch and found out that the California state government had emailed Twitter asking them to censor DC Drano personally and Twitter then suspended him. They have the email to prove that they did the same to President Trump and millions of his supporters across all big tech platforms. He says our God given right to free speech was stripped away from us in a supposedly free country without any good reason. And before you say, well, they're a private company when these platforms act as agents of government censorship, they are no longer private companies. They become joint state actors under the law and they are liable for civil rights violations. And so, uh, Rogan O'Hanley is his full name. He's a lawyer himself. So it was very interesting to watch his banning and also see his analysis on people being silenced, people being censored. And again, the government utilizing social media tools to hide the truth from the average American citizen. And one of the reasons they did that was so we wouldn't be able to see stories like this one. This one came out today. The Biden administration forced a family of a soldier killed in the Afghanistan withdrawal to pay $60,000 to transport her body to the Arlington National Cemetery. So apparently her body was originally flown to California and it was, then it was going to take 60000 to transport her to the Arlington National Cemetery, which is supposed to be her final place of rest. And the Biden administration chose not to pay that. Um, let me see. There was actually... Yeah, I want to make sure I'm getting this correct here. So 
it was Corey Mills, the Republican lawmaker, who met with these families, and he noted that the Defense Department was allowed to decline to pay for the transportation of um, this body due to last year's change to the National Defense Authorization Act, according to Fox News. The change notes that the Secretary of Defense may provide a fallen soldier's family a commercial air travel use waiver for the transportation of deceased remains of a military member who dies inside a theater of combat operations. And then Mills basically went on to say, you know, fallen heroes are flown back. They're given the utmost respect and honor. But it was an egregious injustice that the Biden administration even thought about having this family pay this amount. And we already saw Biden's reaction. Let's not forget the just absolutely horrific display when these 13 service members were being brought back to the United States and Biden was caught looking down at his watch. Many of those families speaking out uh, with complete disdain for the president saying, you know, they never want to see him around them again. They never want to speak to him because of the absolute disrespect. Um, so that's how Biden treats our service members. Meanwhile, we have another $400 million in military aid going to Ukraine. So America last, Ukraine and uh, other foreign countries first. Also, the Biden administration gave $2 million, a $2 million grant to a Soros-backed Puerto Rican group battling toxic masculinities. Yes, we don't have any money to fund our own country, to fix our own infrastructure, to uh, make sure that American exceptionalism is still at the forefront, not only in our own country, but worldwide. But we do have the money to give feminist organizations in Puerto Rico $2 million of our taxpayer money, uh, by the way. And this group is all about combating violent crime in Puerto Rico um, via battling structural racism and toxic masculinity. So there you guys go. That's where your taxpayer uh, dollars are going to, just a little bit there. Now, I want to end the show on a positive note tonight uh, because that was a lot of doom and gloom. It was a lot of, wow, America's not in the best place. Now, this isn't in the United States of America, but one of my favorite pastimes is watching Just Stop Oil protesters. They're climate change activists who go throughout Europe. They're the same people who will go and like splash cans of soup on famous paintings, who will glue themselves to the streets and block traffic. They're the worst of the worst in society because they're actually doing nothing to stop climate change. They're just new, a nuisance. Um, the other day, there was a video of these same activists stopping traffic and this mother was pleading like, please, I'm trying to take my baby to the hospital. And they were just like, sorry, we have to let you stall on the freaking freeway and emit more carbon than you probably were initially going to for climate change. So just stop oil activists were having a meeting at a banquet hall and these undercover journalists pretending to be eco-activists launched balloons with alarms on them. Just watch this video. It's absolutely incredible. With the mole in place, we sent in the team. Good luck, boys. Okay, so for my podcast listeners, I'm sorry for this horrific sound, but this video is freaking hilarious. Like I said, these people are the dregs of society. They're horrible. They are the worst. And they're in this, what looks like a chapel with these 
huge ceilings, okay? It's like a hundred foot tall ceilings. And these counter protesters to just stop oil launch these big balloons with these alarms on them and they float all the way to the ceiling. Hilarious, incredible. There are there's no people more deserving of this than the just stop oil protesters. Uh, speaking of climate change, and we'll wrap the show. Uh, funny, this comes from the post-millennial here in the U.S. Elderly man charged with setting Yosemite Park fire after Democrats blamed it on climate change. An elderly California man has been arrested in connection with a massive forest fire that swept through Yosemite National Park in July of 2022. Edward Wackerman, 71, was taken into custody on June 16th following an investigation that lasted nearly a year. The blaze, known as the Oak Fire, was originally attributed to climate change by many Democrats, including California Senator Alex Padilla, who used the incident as an opportunity to push an environmental agenda. Very interesting, my friends. Very interesting. Anyways, guys, I think that's all I have for you on this episode of Rapid Fire and Fun Announcement as well. I'm finally listening to your calls for merchandise, and I am looking into getting some t-shirts made, maybe a hoodie made, a coffee mug, maybe a hat. I'm looking to do a one-week exclusive drop for my birthday in October. I haven't decided if it's going to be the first or second week of October just yet. I usually have this rule where I'm like, I don't work on my birthday. And honestly, I haven't taken a real vacation in five years. So I'm like, okay, should I go somewhere for my birthday this year and then do the merch launch the next week? We will decide, but this is what I want to do for you guys. I know you guys have been asking for merch for a long time. I want to make a really great product, but I want it to be a one-week exclusive. So you're only going to have a week to grab these products. They're going to be very limited edition, very special for my birthday, for all of you Sab Says fans. So thank you guys for always supporting the show, always being here to watch, listen, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Like I said, we are almost at 600 reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if you listen to the show and you like it, go leave a five-star review and let me know what you think of the show. I read every single one. Uh, Also, make sure you're following me on Twitter. I have quite the presence there. If I'm not here on YouTube, um, you guys can follow my reporting on that platform as well. With that being said, that's all I've got for you on this episode of Rapid Fire. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Savannah Hernandez, and I'll see you guys next time. All right, my friends, let's get into some super chats here. I saw my friend Jeremy from the quartering in the chat. Thank you, Jeremy, telling me that I need to stream on Rumble, which I am, sir. Thank you very much. Okay, let's get into some of these super chats. How are y'all doing? How are we feeling today? Okay, really quick, too, before we get into supers, my friends, let me disgusting. I hate people who say disgusting things. Okay. So literally, if you say, if you say disgusting things on my chat, I will ban you. I don't like it. Don't do it. It's disrespectful. Okay, sorry. My dad's supposed to be monitoring this chat and I saw a disgusting comment. Dad, where you at? Just kidding. Love you, dad. Anyway, before we get into super chats, I wanted to ask you guys. Okay, so I'm looking into merchandise. Now, I've talked to some people. I have looked into some of the options. And I know a lot of you were like, look, we want more affordable merchandise. Now, the thing with affordable merchandise is sometimes with that, you wash it a couple times and then your label is fading. The shirt itself wears a lot faster than a higher quality product. Would you guys rather have 
sorry, I'm reading this chat right now. Would you guys rather have merchandise that's a little bit lower priced, but might not last as long, but still, you know, merchandise that you guys can get? Or would you guys have higher quality products that might be a little bit pricier, but are going to last you a long time? Let me know in the chat what you think right now. And okay, some of you are saying quality. Definitely. I agree. I'm more of a quality person, but I know some of you guys don't want to have to pay like 50 bucks for a t-shirt. I'm not saying that's how much it's going to be, but I'm just looking at manufacturing. I'm looking at how all of this works. And I want to make sure that everything is top quality for you guys, especially since this is going to be a limited edition run. So of course, no Chinese, no Chinese merchandise, of course, guys. Okay. Quality, quality. Some of you guys are saying cheap, both. Okay. I like the both option. Maybe we'll make like a quality hoodie that is a nicer product and then like t-shirts that are a little bit lower end so you guys can have a mix of the two i'll see what i can do on that end um i will let you guys know i am reading all of these chats right now y'all want mugs I i'm looking at potentially somebody's saying quality not quantity since it's a limited run some of you want signed merch i, I know some of you said you want a calendar I, I might do that i have quite a few pictures from my reporting days so maybe i'll make you guys a calendar we'll sign that up whatever you guys want i'm open to everything um and i'm actually listening for once in my life okay let's get into super chats recrucifixion fail says you are the girl from ipanema tall and tan and young and lovely i don't know what that is but thank you uh zorkorov 14 says unpopular opinion there is nothing remotely conservative about capitalism or gdp worship interesting opinion there i don't know i'm pro capitalist also too i wouldn't necessarily put myself in the conservative box um like what is really an og conservative my friends let me know in the chat like who you would label conservative in the space because i would honestly say that i'm kind of i i would say like i'm more liberal with some things i'm more conservative with other things it really depends on the issue people like to slap the label of conservative on me but i mean you guys even hear my rhetoric like i'm probably not as feminine and as Christian and as ladylike as I should be, not as conservative as I should be. Um, let me know in the chat who you guys think is like like an OG real conservative. I don't know. Will Cole says only zip up hoodies. I hate pullovers. Good to know. Leave me all of these comments in the chat below so I can have them on record. Let me know in the chat below if you would prefer quality or a little bit of a more affordable product down below. Like I said, I'm looking at dropping two shirts, maybe a hoodie. Do you guys want a coffee mug? Let me know what you think. Some of you guys have said calendar. I'm thinking poster, maybe poster could be fun. I have a really fun idea. I love concerts. So I'm kind of wanting to make like concert-esque merch, except Sav-esque. You'll see, you'll see. I also think cool, it would be cool too if we just had a shirt that said like savage American or would you guys just prefer to be called savages? I don't like naming you guys. I think that's kind of cringe. But my dad's like, people like being called savages. So you guys let me know in the chat down below what you think. Some of you are saying posters are off are awesome. Cool. Cool. Okay. Someone says 25 to $50 range at a 75 to 100. No cringe. I'm trying not to have the cringe. Okay. I don't want cringy merch. Sorry. 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 We're getting to the super chats. Um, 
Okay. Mark Zart says, I have hope that we are going to win the culture war because of movies like The Sound of Freedom doing so well. Very true, Mark. Very true. I believe that Sound of Freedom came in number three and it was still like number three in the box office. Uh, I, I want to say behind Oppenheimer and Barbie. I don't remember what graphic I was looking at there. Tim Pool put it up the other day, but it's still doing very well, especially for it being in its, what, third or fourth week of being released. Captain Ridiculous, awesome. Your name is so long that it just did the ellipses. I'm sorry. Uh, thank the Democrats for these messes. Absolutely true, Captain Ridiculous. Mark Zart says those large women shoplifters were even parked in a handicapped space. I guess being large is a handicap now. Yeah, Mark, I think we kind of allowed that to be a handicap when we started giving obese people those little freaking Walmart carts. That was just a wild time. I'm not joking. It was on the 4th of July. I was driving through Austin and I saw this woman on a cart slowly carting away or like rolling away with like two bags of fast food in her hand. And I was just like, that is the most American thing I have ever seen in my life. Truly incredible. Oh, cool. Dad has started starring uh, messages. I did not know that was a thing. Thank you, Dad. The quartering was in the chat. He told me that I need to be streaming on Rumble, which I am. Hello to my Rumble chat, my Rumble audience. You know I love you guys over there. Appreciate every single one of my Rumble chatters. Quartering goes on Rumble and says, Rumble for the win. I can't put that up on my screen, but I see the Rumble chats. Thank you guys so much for supporting on that platform. Oh, I'm talking a mile a minute. Uh, Joey DeBarbara says, free the January 6th political prisoners, FJB. Yes, free them all. What happened to those political prisoners is atrocious. And the fact that anybody is still in jail for January 6th is a crime against this entire country. Thank you to my Rumble chatters. Thank you guys for being over there. Love my Rumble supporters. And I always wanted to like start off a show being like, let's get ready to rumble. So cheesy, so generic, but I just feel like it's like a great opportunity because it's a rumble, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, I'm done being cringy. Okay, back to the super chats. Battle Elf says, Big Mike Blunt trauma to the chip. What? I have no idea what that is in reference to. I'm sorry, guys. I don't read your super chats mid-show because I like the show to be coherent. So sometimes I read the chats and I'm like, what is this in comment or response to? I'm confused. Anyways. Thank you, Battle Off. Uh, Richard Harmier says, proud of you, Sav. Keep it up. You are a classy young lady and a great reporter. Thank you, Richard. I'm trying. I'm honestly, I've been burned out in politics, guys. So I've been transitioning the content a little more to the cultural side of things. Let me know what you guys think. I notice the views are higher when I focus on cultural stuff. I think you guys are kind of burned out in politics too. Let me know what you guys think in the comments. Um, I don't know. Rx7Cody says, Amen, Sav. Keep speaking the truth and doing the Lord's work. Everyone should give Poppin' by Bizzle a listen. Hashtag Christ is Lord. I will do what I can, Cody, and Poppin' by Bizzle. Okay, well, I might have to listen to that. Godzilla 2K26 says, Permanent Pandemic Preparedness Office? Don't we already have the CDC? Anyway, to waste money, they will take it. So true, Godzilla. So true. Just like Godzilla is good at striking fear into the heart of Asians and destroying their cities, that's how good our government is at wasting our taxpayer dollars. Uh, Joshua Butler says, do you think there should be an age limit for politicians given Mitch McConnell's freezing and Joe Biden, etc.? So Lila Rose, 
was on oh okay hang on i'm actually looking at dad's messages right now and um really quick i'm sorry let me respond to joshua let me respond to this i have like five screens open so there's a lot going on let me focus Joshua says, should there be an age limit for politicians? Lila Rose was on Tim Pool's show, and I think she gave a really eloquent answer to this question. I mean, I think there should be an age limit because one, why aren't there term limits anyways? Two, look at the absolute state of Joe Biden and now Mitch McConnell. Look at the state that Nancy Pelosi was in. I think that there should be age limits, but also Lila Rose made an important point where she was just like, it's not really necessarily about age. It's more about wisdom. And we lack leaders that are wise and have discernment and actually want to lead this country to greatness or to better things. So that's kind of my thoughts, Joshua. Thank you for the super chat. Um, Dad said that highlighted someone who said, I'm actually a designer and work in screen printing and embroidery in the Kansas, Missouri area. Carnell, okay, if you're still in the chat, I am actually looking for people to work with for the merchandise. Um, that would be awesome if you could reach out to me. My email is savsayscontact at gmail.com. If you could shoot me an email, I would love to potentially work with you. Um, if you're still in the chat, please do so. Apologies that I'm just seeing that now, but if you would shoot me an email, I would shoot you an email, but you didn't add one in there. Um, but if you would reach out, oh, perfect. Please send me an email. Sav says, yeah, my dad just put it in the chat and I would love to take a peek at some of the things that you printed or embroidered. I don't know how these things work. I'm brand new to this, guys. That's what I've been doing behind the scenes. I'm like uh, planning on going on a new reporting trip. I'm also writing articles. I'm trying to update the website. I'm trying to get the show done. I'm also looking into merch now. So there's a lot going on, guys. But uh, okay, I think that's all we got for tonight. I apologize that Rapid Fire was two times a week and now it's one time a week, but I'm doing a lot behind the scenes. So thank you guys for being here when I am here. Appreciate the support always. Love y'all to death. And uh, Sav Ricks says, Savannah, you're bright-minded. Sav is my initials. Totally sweet, dude. Those are great initials. Love to see it. Love to see it. Um, thank you guys all so much for tuning in. That's all I got. And like I said, leave in the chat below what you guys are wanting for merch, what your guys' ideas are. Um, if you have like cool logos that you'd like to see on a shirt or slogans, just let me know. I'm open to everything, but I think I kind of have in my mind what I'm wanting already. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in and I'll see you guys next time.